Alrighty guys, you are now tuned into another episode of ZayTV Presents The Ratchet Hour, guys. If you guys are wondering where have I been, I have been, you know, just living my regular life, trying to survive the corona apocalypse, just trying to stay safe, stay sanitary, ordering stuff online, you know, and just stuff like that. Um, Lately I've been doing, you know, we used to do weekly shows, the studio is shut down, so now I'm doing kind of like a bi-weekly monthly show here and there just putting stuff out and it's been a lot of stuff going on in the hip-hop and pop culture feel that we just need to talk about we need to hash out because i don't want to wait too long let things get stale i want to talk about things while they're fresh and you know we're gonna get into a lot of things so if you don't know we do like when we start the show we do a weekly review of how your week went and basically my week has been the same i feel like there's no more Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's only today and tomorrow and yesterday. And I feel like every day has been the same exact day over and over. But nonetheless, these celebrities, these rappers, these singers, they still been getting into a lot of drama. Still, There's still a lot of tea spilling. There's still a lot of stuff to talk about. And we're going to get into all of that today. We're going to talk about everything. I have almost every segment packed for you today. And yeah, we're going to get into some shit today, okay? First and foremost, I want to start off the show by saying rest in peace to Miss Betty White, the lady that singed up the cleanup woman. I want to give a RIP also to Andre Harrell. If you don't know him, he's the guy that's behind a lot of the um, bad boy artists like Mary J. Blige. And I also want to say RIP to Mr. Tootie. A little bit Tootie. No, not Tootie, but a little bit Tootie. Okay? We gotta get into a lot of things. There's a lot of stuff going on. And I gotta talk about everything. So, rest in peace to Little Richard. And shout out to everybody. Rest in peace to everybody. But the show must go on. We got a lot of stuff to talk about and a lot of stuff to get into, okay? So, we're gonna start off with our first segment, which is Love is in the Air. Which is we talk about a lot of relationships. Who's hooking up with who. Who's getting together. And now, who's breaking up? So, first I wanna get into Monica which you guys know I love Monica she's one of my favorite R&B singers she agrees to letting T.I. and Tiny set her up on a date while they were on Instagram live and T.I. believes that she could she needs to get back with her ex-fiance Rocco um and I definitely feel like it's time for Monica to date because she's been divorced for almost what a year and a half or been in the process of getting divorced for a year and a half Cause you know the reality shows is old, so maybe it's almost like a year and a half, two years, and I feel like she's still a spring chicken. She's still a baddie, and she's still really talented. So I feel like she definitely needs to date. Um, whether do I feel like she needs to go back to her ex? I don't know about that, but I definitely feel like she should be dating because if you're not dating, it's like you're holding out that space for that person that you was just with before. And I don't feel like she needs to get with Shannon, like get back with Shannon Brown, like they had their time. Like their marriage is not a failure They've been together for what 11, 15 years Something like that So I definitely feel like she should move on She should be dating And she don't need no parts of Shannon Brown anymore Because he was just arrested last week For um, shooting at his own house Shooting a shotgun at his own house So I definitely feel like Monica should move on And date somebody new, brand new 
Maybe it'll give her some inspiration for some new music. So, shout out to Monica. We're going to move on to our next couple, which is Karuchi and Victor Cruz says that they FaceTime every day for over 20 hours. And I just feel like that's impossible. Like, you need more than four hours to sleep. You need more than four hours to, like, live and breathe. Like, you, I definitely don't want to be on the phone for 24 for 20 hours out of 24 hours a day like me and my significant other we talk like we talk we check in we text but to be on the phone for 20 hours is too long like i feel like i would get tired of you i wouldn't even want to talk to you and bad enough we already in this quarantine pandemic thing where everybody's already aggravated i wouldn't want to be on the phone with somebody for 20 hours but shouts out to them because that's love they don't have anything else better to do because they ain't working right now. Claws ain't filming, and I don't know what he does. I, I know he was a football player, but I don't know what he's doing currently. I don't know if he's one of those guys that um turns into, like, the broadcasters. But that ain't going on either because it's no live sports. So, shout-outs to them for FaceTiming each other for 20 hours a day. Um, We're going to move on to our next story, which is a big story. So, Iggy Azalea and Playboy Cardi welcomed their first child last week they had like a whole secret pregnancy thing and Iggy gave birth it's people are reporting like gossip in the city who broke the story that Iggy and Playboy Cardi has had a son and I'm happy for them like I really like both of them I like this couple I just feel like congratulations on you on you guys for having a son but now you guys need to make some music to pay the bills like it's fancy it's so long ago woke up like this is so long ago so 2017, 2016, I need new music from both of you guys. And I'm just happy that they, they're growing, they're starting their family. Because I always liked Iggy Azalea. Like, I never had any ill will towards her. I was so mad that her first marriage didn't work out because she had a beautiful dress. But shout-outs to them. And, yeah, congratulations on their baby boy. So we're going to move on to our next segment. Our next, I mean, not our next segment, but our next topic in Lovers in the Air. Which is, this one is more so about self-love. So I want to say shout out to Princess Love. It's not really a shout out, but Princess Love has filed for divorce from Ray J. And I feel like this is like self-love. She's finally loving herself. Because if you guys didn't know, Ray J and Princess had a big, big blow up across the media. When she claimed that he left her in Las Vegas. And... He was um, partying with strippers, doing drugs allegedly, and he left her and her daughter stranded while she was pregnant with the new baby. Um, then later on, they estranged from each other. They separated. They was living in two separate places, and now she's finally filed for divorce. If you guys didn't know, they had a show that was on Zeus, which is where um, Princess and Ray J, they had a conversation about things that was going on. I did watch the first two episodes. And it seemed like Ray J was just doing too much. Like, he kept wanting to smoke a cigarette. He kept interrupting her. He kept making things, like, about him. And, like, he never really let her talk. So, I definitely feel like it's over. She's over the antics with Ray J. Like, she should have been over it when he pushed her in the pool. But I definitely feel like she's finally getting into her senses and, like, really is, like, coming into her own as a woman, as a mother. And she doesn't need to be with Ray J because, like, He's really still childish and still doing childish things. Um, For example, like, 
he did an interview and he showed up to the interview is drink champs. He showed up to the interview wearing a Lucha Libre mask on Cinco de Mayo. And it's just so much stuff like with Ray J. Like, of course, it's funny. It's good for TV. But to deal with that on a 24-7 basis, like, that's too much for me. That's too much for anybody. And I'm glad that Princess is finally showing some self-love. And she's out. She already got the kids. So it's not like she needs to stay for anything else. And... On a side note, I did see Princess when she posted a picture of her kids after she announced the divorce. Um, Brandy, gonna be shady and comment under the post, oh, reminds me of me and you and going at Ray J under her picture after this girl just announced she filed for divorce. Like, why are you being shady, Moesha? What is going on with you? Like, this is now I'm seeing what was going on back in the day with the Boy Is Mine's track. People wanted to blame Monica, saying Monica was ghetto. No, you really shady, Moesha. But I'm going to move on because I'm more of a Kim Parker fan. So we're going to move on to our next segment of the show, which is the weekend music. We do a weekly review of all the new music coming out. And we're not going to start off. We're going to start off with something big, something that I really want to talk about, which is congratulations to Nicki Minaj and Doja Cat on gaining their first number one record on the Billboard Hot 100 with their remix of Doja Cat's record, Say So, okay? If you guys don't know, Doja Cat really wanted a Nicki Minaj collaboration. She always named Nicki Minaj as one of her biggest influences. She even started this joke on Twitter where she would say anything and then say featuring Nicki Minaj. So she'll be like, I need to take a take a shower featuring Nicki Minaj. I need a soda featuring Nicki Minaj. And she kept saying it, saying it, saying it that so much that Nicki was just like, look, the Say So track is popping. Let me, let's get on the track. Let's do what we do. And Nicki did what it did. She did her original version. It had leaked. She went back and said, nope, my fans deserve more. She gave a new verse and a new outro, which was even better. So I definitely want to say shout out to Nicki Minaj and Doja Cat for being true artists, showing their artistry. And having their first joint number ones on the charts, which is also another thing I'm going to say is Nicki Minaj is the first artist to have a number one on each chart. She has a number one on the hip hop, number one on rap, number one on gospel, number one on Latin music, number one on dance, the dance chart and the dance in the um, reggae chart. So congratulations to Nicki Minaj. Congratulations to Doja Cat. And yeah, we're going to move on from that. Next, we have Beyonce and Megan, which is also another big collaboration. Beyonce and Megan have collaborated on the Savage remix. If you guys don't know the Savage song, it has taken over since we've been on Quarantina Suprema. And basically, everybody is doing this dance on TikTok. It's all over the place. And Megan has always said Beyonce is her idol. They're both from Houston. They're both beautiful women. They're both talented artist and Megan also like she always said she looked up to her her mom loved Beyonce and any interview you can find from Megan from even like years back she said her dream would to have a song is to have a song with Nicki Minaj and Beyonce but really Beyonce she got the feature with Nicki and then she got the feature with Beyonce um the song is dope it's really it's really good it reached number two on the billboard charts which is amazing for Megan this is her first top five song um She's always been hitting this, like, top of the hip-hop charts, top of the urban charts. But she's always been hitting, like, this number 10, number 12, number 20. Now it's like she finally getting her first top 10. She's first finally getting her top five hit with this Savage remix. And her just do, because I feel like Megan is an amazing artist. And I feel like it's a great thing that the, all these women are collaborating with each other. But 
sources were saying that Beyonce was regretting the track and didn't want to release it because the track had leaked a week before Megan had put it out. And I guess it kind of forced Megan's hand on putting it out because it was already out anyway. So basically, um, people were saying that Beyonce, because it was leaked, and we know that Beyonce does not play leaks, that Beyonce didn't want to put out the track and stuff like that. Because if you guys don't know, Beyonce had a track with Cardi B in 2017, right after Bored at Yellow, titled Wet. And the Wet track had never got put out because Cardi's engineer had leaked it that Cardi and Beyonce was working on a song. And Beyonce was like, all right, we're not doing this tomfoolery. We're not about to do this. You're not about to put my, my craft on blast. And it's not happening. And she, she basically didn't put out the track. She didn't finish it. She abandoned the project. So sources, people were saying that that's what she was going to do with the Savage thing because it did leak a week before. And maybe Megan wasn't going to put it out then and she just decided to put it out then because of that. So people were just like bringing up the fact that Beyonce really wasn't promoting the track. She didn't post it. It probably could have went number one if Beyonce did post it because, you know, Beyonce is one of those icon legend artists like Michael Jackson so people was just being peeping how Beyonce didn't promote it they felt like Beyonce was being shady I do feel that way as well because it wasn't like Beyonce just went ghost mode and disappeared on us she was still promoting Kelly Rowland little song Coffee and still just all over the place doing stuff so I just was like hmm Beyonce and I feel like she could have did more to make that song go number one and if, I do blame her for it not going number one but it was like it's still went number two so, I feel like the fans helped it go number two. Megan definitely helped it go number two, dancing, promoting her song like she's supposed to. But I feel like Beyonce really did drop the ball on that promotion-wise. But we're going to move on from all of that mess because we got some more Jay-Z, Beyonce news to talk about later on in the show. Okay? So, Little Uzi's, Little Uzi's Eternal Attack album is now platinum, guys, which means that He's made it. I love this album. Uzi really did. Like, this is a body of work. Like, it feels like it's so connected. Great song after great song. The beats is hard. It's real hip-hop, but it's still that little Uzi dance sound. So, shout-out to Little Uzi's Eternal A Take Going Platinum. Next, we have Fetty Wap's Trap Queen is also um, moving up in status. It is now a diamond record, okay? If you guys don't remember, Fetty Wap had... Fetty Wap is the guy who raps he's from jersey he has all the kids he has the baby with masika but in 2017 he was the biggest artist like he was the one to have a feature where he was the next up guy or whatever i don't know he kind of fell off with a lot of stuff going on with his record label and stuff like that and all that treyway mess but trap queen was the song of 2017 and i definitely feel like it deserves to be diamond because it was one of those songs you couldn't go anywhere without hearing it but yeah Next, we're going to move on to Blame It On Baby by The Baby has went number one on the Billboard charts with the albums. Despite people, despite the critics saying that it wasn't as good as his previous works and that the songs on it was boring. It has the same flow as his um, Suge record and Bop. And I knew it was going to go number one because he's really like a popular artist. Like he's one of those social media artists. You always see him. He's always on the grind. He's always rapping. He's doing freestyles. He's really talented. So shout outs to the baby and fuck the critics. Okay. Cause he going to do what he going to do. And it's great music. Check out his song. Nasty. I love it on the record. Um, also the song nasty features Ashanti and fun fact, Ashanti has 
a hot 100 entry in each of the last three decades. So shout out to Ashanti for um, having longevity in the game and just being amazing and looking good, feeling good, and all of that. So next, we're going to get into a lot of the new albums that was released. We have um, Kalani releasing her new project. I forget what it's called, but I really enjoy her song, Toxic. Um, I definitely feel like it's a complete body of work. I love what Kalani has been doing. Dirk has released his new project, and it has went number one as well. So, shout out to Little Dirk on doing what he has to do. I love Little Dirk. He's really, like, a real artist. I also want to shout out Little TJ for dropping his project, even though he had, was messy before it. Which I feel like was his way of promoting his album. But shout out to Lil TJ. I'm really feeling the project. I like the song Zoo York. He got the last Pop Smoke feature. It's featuring him, Pop Smoke, and um, the guy from Big Drip, Fabio. So he was really showing a lot of New York unity. And I just want to say shout out to Lil TJ in the Zoo York video. If you guys didn't hear it, make sure you go check it out. It's popping. It's lit. It's that new sound that you guys like. So shout out to Lil TJ. Next, we're going to move on to our last story in this segment, which is 6ix9ine dropped his... 6ix9ine is out of jail, y'all. And he has dropped his long-awaited first song, Gooba, and it has broken records on YouTube with 137 million streams in one day. And he has broke the record for Instagram Live. He had like 2 million people watching his Instagram Live, okay? And congratulations to that man. Shout out to that man. Um, I'm not going to... I don't really feel like I'm a hater on Takashi 6 9 situation. Um, he had to do what he had to do. I don't necessarily agree with the situation either. I don't feel like it was right for him to do what he did. Um, the song is okay. It's nice. It's colorful. It's kind of a copy and paste of Nicki Minaj's verse in the video of Swalla. Um, 6 9 does what 6 9 does. He yells on the track, and it's a hit. He talks his shit on Instagram. Um... 6ix9ine talked about how people keep calling him a rat. He don't want to be looked at as a rat because these people wasn't loyal to him. They were having sex with his baby mother. They tried to kill him. They did drop his mother's address for people to go kill his mother. Um, they were robbing him. He wasn't getting all of his money. This guy had nine Billboard hits and only had a million dollars in his bank account at the time of his arrest because they was cutting ends off of his money. Um, and whatever. But I do feel like 6ix9ine did, he did snitch on those people and those people do deserve what had happened to them. But he, he also snitched on people that was loyal to him, that wasn't in that mess, that wasn't doing negative stuff to him. Uh, he also was, I kind of lose sympathy for him because he was putting hits out on people like Chief Keith. He was shooting. He was telling people to do these negative things. Like you can't be mad that people are doing to you which you have did to others. So I definitely don't have no sympathy for 6ix9ine, but I don't have negative feelings for him. Um, he came out to, as I told you guys before, he has a, a multi-million dollar deal to put out one album in English and an album in Spanish. So shout out to 6ix9ine. It's going to be more drama. He's now beefing with Meek Mills because I don't know why, but Mika is always putting his two cents into stuff, making things bigger than what they have to be. If you don't give Takashi attention, he won't be as relevant. I feel like Meek Mills thinks that he is Jay-Z. He thinks that he is the one, and he is not. His opinion is not law. He is not God. So I need Meek Mill to leave it alone. He's preaching about that man should have stayed in jail and rat this, rat that. Like Meek Mills, 
you out here talking about prison reform and you you trying to get people out of jail. Why do you want him in jail so bad? Like, it feels like you're clout chasing like a stripper, like a bottle girl. And it's just not appealing to you if you're so up here and you want to be Jay-Z Jr. You shouldn't be worried about 6ix9ine. And in other 6ix9ine news, I kind of, I like, I just don't want 6ix9ine out anymore. Like, I don't want him to be in the streets anymore because... I am so tired of his baby mother. Like, I feel like I was happy when he was in jail because we didn't really hear of the baby mother. Like, she is just a trifling hoe, and she just wants attention. Like, he was beefing with um Lil TJ because they Lil TJ believes he's the king of New York, and he is not. And you know that was 6 ix name. And now she's in Lil TJ video, and she's just doing things, and she just wants... She's clout chasing. She's annoying. Sarah Molina, she needs to go away, and they need to put her on witness protection because I'm sick of her. Um, also, 6 9 was on, you know that he's in witness protection or WITSEC or whatever, and he's somewhere where the white people are in townhouses, and one of these little white girls had caught him, and she had took a video, she was so happy that 6 9 lived next to her, and the dummy girl gonna go and post his location, so he had to then move from where he was at before, and go to a different, um, safe house or wherever they're keeping him because yes 6ix9ine is free but he can't just go walking around pub the general public because he's a value asset of the FBI NYPD and whoever else okay but I do feel like that girl was really irresponsible of posting at his location and stuff like that because you know there's a lot of people after that man and shit ain't sweet but I feel like she was doing too much she was trying to be a little relevant and all that but we're gonna move on from six nine and all his mess because I'm gonna I'm I'm sure I'm gonna be talking about it later because you know him he is the king of the internet he is the king of the trolls and all of that stuff. But yes, again we're gonna shout out Miss Nicki Minaj and Doja Cat on their number one giving them they both number one records and I just want to shout out all the females in music because this is the first time in history that. Four black females are occupying the number one and number two spot on the Billboard charts. So shout out to all the females out there in music. Shout out to all the females for working together, putting their differences aside and showing that girls can actually work together. So shout out to y'all and the future is female. Um, we're going to move on to our next segment, which is Reality Bites. This is where we talk about everything about reality TV and we just round it up and we talk about this and that okay we talk about the shows and we break down the shows um there's been like not a lot of stuff to watch right now because production has been shut down on tv shows reality shows movies and all of that due to coronisha the coronavirus um so love and hip-hop has had they had to cut season season nine short to seven episodes i believe and Real Housewives of Atlanta had to film a virtual reunion. So let's get into this right here right now. So we're going to start off talking about love and hip-hop Atlanta. So it's like so much going on. I don't know where to start. But I'm going to start off with the whole Sierra Shooter BK drama, okay? So if you guys don't know, Sierra is on Love and Hip-Hop Atlanta. She, this is her first season as a main character, but she has been on the show in a smaller role as a supporting character like Shikana in Tokyo. Um, she came on the show as Carly Red's friend. 
they're, the two are still friends so far of what I believe they're working on a friendship, their relationship or whatever. Um, Sierra is dating BK. She used to be married to Shooter and Shooter is now dating Kiyomi Leslie who is Bow Wow's ex-girlfriend. Like, it's a lot going on. Um, Sierra basically is in a big, like, whole thing going on because she's telling BK that she don't want to be with him because Tiffany Fox has seen him in the club cuddling with some white girl. The girl's playing in his bed. And so Sierra had threw a party for her sweet 16, her daughter's sweet 16, and BK popped up with receipts showing that Sierra was also cheating on him, that she's trying to get back with her baby father, and that she was telling people to come over and lay down the good old pipe. So basically, he was just trying to show the world that Sierra is not as clean as she looks. And he brought the receipts to the little girl party and threw them on the air so everybody could see it. So I'm just here for it. I love Sierra. When I tell you guys, Sierra is bringing all the drama to the show. She's keeping it fresh. She's younger. She's um, She ties a lot of the cast members together. Like, for example, Sierra is friends with Akbar, but she's also friends with Tokyo. Sierra is friends with Rashida, but Sierra is best friends with Carly. Sierra is also friends with Erica Mena. So she's tying a lot of these people together. So I want to say I'm here for Sierra. I'm here for the drama. I'm so sad that coronavirus stopped the production of the show because I wanted to see more of where the story was going. Because it was looking like she was going back to Shooter and leaving BK. But if you follow her on Instagram, you know that her and BK are still together. They're still working things out. So, shout out to Sierra and BK. Next, we're going to move on to Akbar V versus everyone, okay? If you guys did not see last week's episode, the finale, Akbar was fighting everybody and they mama. It started off, and to be quiet, it's kept... Alright, so, let me tell you how it happened. Let me break it down. Spice was having a big party for her new song, Inches, because she's about to release an album that's produced by reggae legend Shaggy. So basically, Spice invited all the girls. Everybody came. So Carly Rae, being messy as she is, asked Shakana, Hey, Shakana, would you like to meet Akbar? Knowing that last season, Akbar and Shakana had a big problem because they used to date the same guy. Yada, yada. Regular girl stuff. So, Shekana goes, I already know Akbar, and Akbar goes, I already know Shekana. The two start getting into an argument. Akbar gets up and throw a drink on Shekana. Security grabs Shekana and takes Shekana out of the place, but keeps Akbar in. That's when I knew something was wrong and something was shady going on, because at the end of the day, Akbar is not friends with Spice. Why would y'all keep her? That's when I knew the mess was going on. They was keeping Akbar so they could have more drama and more scenes, more footage to film. So I peeped that already. So they threw Shekana out. Shekana's in the um, parking lot screaming, why I gotta leave my friend event while she's soaked with that cranberry vodka and Akbar's just sitting there. So Spice goes and tells Akbar, no fighting, why are you fighting? No doing this. We're not doing this. Y'all ruin my event. Y'all mash up the place. So basically... Akbar was like, I'm sorry, Spice. Da 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 da. Everything calmed down. So, if you guys had listened to my previous shows, you would know that Akbar is also beefing with new cast member Light Skin Keisha because she felt like Keisha was DMing fans, telling fans not to mess with Akbar, and they both arguing over who's the queen of Atlanta. So, after that happens, um, 
light-skinned Keisha comes in and she's with Tokyo. The two are have been friends for a while. They sit down. Tokyo walks towards all the girls. She's talking. Light-skinned Keisha gets a drink. So light-skinned Keisha comes to the group. She introduces herself. And out of nowhere, girl, home girl gets up, right? And she rushes light-skinned Keisha, punches light-skinned Keisha. Light-skinned Keisha falls on the floor. But Tokyo runs up in three pieces, Akbar, okay? She gave her one of them bop, bop, bops that your mother give you. Like, shut your mouth. Stop talking. She rocked Akbar, and then all hell broke loose. After that happened, you had um, security running around, grabbing everybody. They trying to break it up. So Spice is just furious, like, Akbar, why you do this to me again for the second time? So... Akbar, Spice goes, try to talk to Akbar. Akbar is yelling at Spice. Spice then goes and she swings on Akbar. Then you have Carly Red, 57-year-old ass yelling, If Spice fighting, I'm fighting. It's war. Carly, you know you is a security girl. You don't do this. You don't fight. You wait for security to come and then you act up, um, Carly. So Carly Red starts screaming, Whole time, Akbar came with Alexa Sky, but Alexa Sky ain't swinging on nobody. She's just trying to calm the situation down. Um, so Alexa Sky tries to take Akbar out the back door, and lo and behold, Lyskin Keisha's outside with her friend. She finds Akbar. She runs up, and the two get to fighting again. Tokyo tries to jump in again, but security grabs Tokyo. And from what I've seen of the second time they fought, it looked like Akbar was giving Lyskin Keisha what she got. I do respect Akbar because she said when she see her, it's on site. She said that it's going to be a fight. And she stuck to her word. She stuck to her gun. I just didn't like that it had to be at Spice's event. And you and Spice had just fixed your relationship. I do feel like they give Akbar this villain edit. I do feel like they want her to be the big bad wolf. But I like Akbar, and I'm here for her. She's really talented, and I feel like we watch reality TV for drama. We don't watch reality TV for everybody getting along. So I'm really here for Akbar, and I'm here for all the mess that she's bringing to the show. And, yeah, shout out to Akbar V. Um, I do wish, however, the girls could, like, calm it down a little bit. It doesn't have to get to physical blows every time everybody links up. Um... Carly Red did start all of that mess that happened between all the ladies because it was like once Carly Red walked in, she just had a mission just to be angry, just to do certain stuff. I feel like Carly Red was already beefing. She was already came in with her guns blazing. She was already starting with Alexis Sky. Talk about her um sex trafficking story wasn't real. Trying to poke holes in her story, saying that Mo told all these things about Alexis. She done made the girl cry. Carly was just doing too much, and she started that whole war, and then gonna try to act like she has Spice's back. But, in more Love & Hip Hop news, after that happened, there was a scene with all the gentlemen, Kirk, Shooter, um, Scrappy, and basically the camera crew came in, told them, due to coronavirus, we are shutting down the season, this will be the last episode filmed, Kirk yells, how we gonna live, how we gonna eat? Um, you got to see production telling Carly that she got to shut down due to Corona. Um, they also told Sierra that she couldn't film her green screen interviews. So, basically, the show had just stopped. Um, I believe that production was being lazy. They should have definitely had more episodes in the can. 
because if you stopping this and you already at episode seven when it's airing, you should have had more footage. I definitely feel like they were being lazy. Um, and I feel like Kirk, like how are we going to live? Y'all make more money than the average person. How the average people going to live? How is the average Joe going to live? Y'all making 20,000 per episode, the least, maybe even 48,000 an episode. And y'all worried about how y'all gonna live? How is people gonna live? The average people who gotta work. But we're gonna move on from that. And other Love Hip Hop Atlanta news. Producers, Mimi revealed in an interview that producers cut her check by 150,000 because they said she's not providing drama to the show and that she's not she's not willing to produce any drama. So they cut her whole check by $150,000 and she took the pay the pay cut just to stay on the show. Um I don't feel I do I don't people want me to be mad about the situation saying, "Oh, they don't want to show Mimi happy." Um and she doesn't have to have drama to be on the show, but she kind of does. This is what we watch Love and Hip Hop for. We watch Love and Hip Hop for drama. We watch it for mess. That's why people like Mimi because she was always in mess, even with the Stevie and Jocelyn, the sex tape, and all the stuff, all of this. Um, even her turning into a lesbian, dating all the girls. People tuned in for Mimi's mess, Mimi's drama. Lately, in the last three seasons, she's just been there. Like she's been a main cast member, making probably the most money, other than Rashida. And she hasn't been providing any story. So I do feel like the pay cut was warranted. I don't feel like they... Them asking her to fake drama or wanting her to be unhappy, I don't agree with that. But I do feel like, Mimi, if you're there, you need to produce stuff. In my personal opinion, I do feel like Mimi needs to leave the show. I feel like Mimi has run her course. Stevie is not really on the show no more. Um, Jocelyn isn't there no more. Eva... It's cute to see Eva. We love to see Eva growing up, but she's not giving us what we need. Um, I definitely feel like it's time for Mimi to go. It's time for her to phase out. I also feel like they need to recast the show and go younger. These people are old now. And most viewers are my age. We are between the age group of 18 and 24. And that's my age group right there. I don't feel like we want to watch Mimi no more like that was our childhood she's older we don't want to watch 50 year olds on TV throwing drinks creating mess people older than my mother I don't want to watch that on TV I do feel like they need to go with a younger cast the younger Atlanta the real Atlanta the real people in music I definitely feel like if I was to make a cast of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta I would go search for real people in Atlanta that's young that's working on music that's rapping I definitely would have out of the people that's there I would keep Tokyo I would keep Akbar. I would keep Kiyomi. I would keep Sierra. I would keep Alexis Sky. I would keep Carly Red, messy ass. I would keep light skinned Keisha. And I would keep Scrap Delion and his sister. And KK. And I would just let everybody else go. I probably would keep Spice as a friend of this show because I do like what Spice brings to the show. But I definitely feel like they need to recast and go younger with the show and let some of these people go. Little Scrappy and Mama D have run their course. Bambi is so boring and so dry. Um, Rashida is so boring and so dry. Mimi is the driest. She's the cactus of the show. Um, Stevie is barely on. He's out there being married with Faith. They tried to hint to marriage problems, but everybody has them. Everybody has marital problems. 
So I definitely feel like the show needs to go younger and I'm tired of seeing a lot of these people still on the show doing what they used to do. So with that being said, we're going to move on to our next show, which is Real Housewives of Atlanta. If you guys didn't know, the show is up to their reunion episode. They got all the episodes out the way and it was a virtual coronavirus reunion, which is basically the girls was on the show. They talked face to face through a computer. Ooh, excuse me, through a computer, and everybody had got to vent out their feelings. So, one of the things that they really talked about first was um, Nini's. One of the things I really remember is Nini's relationship with Wendy Williams, and is it, if it's strategic or not. And Nini said, "No, it's a genuine friendship." But we all know it's strategic. Anybody would be friends with Wendy Williams to use that platform to get where she needs to go, to have stuff. Promote it when you need it promoted. Um, and all the girls, even Candy, has said, like, this is strategic. And I do believe it's a strategic relationship. Um, moving on, you already know that Nene and Kenya had gotten into an argument. Um, the whole story, one of the things that was the big topic of the interview is bringing up people's kids because um, Eva, we're going to get to Eva late, later. So Nene. I brought up Brooke, baby Brooklyn saying that um she looks just like her dad. It's not Kenya's egg and all these ridiculous claims. She just said Kenya's not really married, so Kenya produced a marriage certificate um showing that she is legally married. They are legally married. But what I did like was I feel like Kenya and Portia and Eva are the MVPs of this reunion because Kenya then clapped back at Nene saying, well, we know your kids is yours because they got that face. Now, you see, that's an intelligent read right there. You are saying that you're not calling nobody kids ugly, but you are implying it. So I just want to say shout out to Nene and Kenya. They did go back and forth. But one of the funniest things that I took from this reunion was when Kenya told Nene, I don't know if I'm at the reunion or if I'm watching a scene from White Chicks because, yo, you know Nini, they all had on white. Nini's big. She has the blonde hair. And it just made me crack up. I feel like that was so intelligent. That was one of the hot that was the highlight of the reunion to me. Um Then you also had Eva and Nini arguing. And I loved when Nini and Eva was going back and forth. Eva was like, basically, you are a grandmother. This behavior is unbecoming of a grandmother. And Nini basically told her last time you was on top was top model. But Nene couldn't take the heat from all the girls, so she closed her laptop and she stormed off. But little did she know when she closed her laptop, we got to see that Nene wrote down all her reads. Like, she wrote down all the things that she was going to say about each girl prior to even being in an argument or prior to even being at the reunion. So, people was clowning her for writing down her reads and she blamed it on the fact that she is old and menopausal. Um, Another big highlight of the reunion was... Eva versus Kenya. I mean, Eva versus Portia. If you guys don't know, it was early in the season. Portia had went and told... Candy had went and told Portia... Candy was being messy between Portia and Eva. And basically, the two had said some things about each other. And Eva had went on to say, I don't know why Portia's all up in my business. She should be worrying about her C-section scar. And then she said, um, her baby, baby PJ, looks like Dennis with a bow. Now, if you watch, you know what that means. Baby Pilar 
is not the cutest, but she ain't ugly. And I feel like Eva was applying because Dennis is ugly. That PJ, which she does look just like her daddy, is ugly as well. And Eva, Kenya just didn't. Portia just didn't take Eva's words into consideration. And Portia just read her for filth the entire um, reunion and told her, you worried about me and your titties look like they social distancing. That was another iconic moment from this reunion. Um, I would definitely say that Portia and Eva going at it was just like a highlight for me. They did get into other things during the reunion like... um, Snake Gate. No, did they get into Snake Gate? Not really. They really ain't get into Snake Gate. The reunion ended on a um cliffhanger of Portia saying she has receipts that Kenya was talking about Cynthia and she doesn't know how to be a friend. And that's where it ended. My overall feelings is I feel like this reunion didn't really get into too much because they kept arguing about stuff that happened off the show and the ladies just kept yelling and screaming and yelling and screaming that the questions never got answered um everybody was just trying to be shady and read each other that we never got to the bottom of what was going on um i definitely feel like i love for um kenya energy she definitely looked the best to me um i love candy's energy because she's calling everybody out and I'm also here for um, Portia's energy and Eva's as well. Um, Cynthia, you know, she's just chilling as she usually does. And Nene is just... Uh, Nene is just too much for me right now. I feel like it's not a positive situation with her like it used to be. I definitely feel like she needs to leave the show as well. I feel like she needs to be phased out of the show. Um, give her peach to Marlo. Or um, bring in somebody fresh. Because Nene, I feel like we've seen it all with her. And I feel like she's so toxic now. And it's just not an enjoyable experience for her or for the fans watching her. So, I'm just going to move on to what's next. And we're going to get into our next segment, which is my favorite segment, which is beef in the streets. Okay? Not beef in the sheets. Not beef in the streets. Beef in the streets. So, let me take a drink of water. We're going to start off with our first beef, which is Young Thug versus French Montana. So this beef all started when French Montana said that he has more hits than Kendrick Lamar. So Young Thug laughed like we all did and said French is crazy. Because, you know, he be on that stuff or whatever. So French then tried to bring up the fact that Young Thug wore a dress in his No Stylist video saying that saying worry about 21 Savage before him because he had put up a tweet almost making it look like them two was beefing with each other. Boom. So then the two went back and forth with the two went back and forth over French getting knocked out and basically Young Thug was saying that he has footage of French Montana that Meek Meek Mills has footage of French Montana getting knocked out and that he will get the footage from Meek and release it. So, French claimed that Young Thug is a fan of his and that he's been sending him songs with open hooks for years and that basically French don't want to get on none of his music. So, basically, what I feel like is I feel like this beef was just stupid and it was dumb. I feel like we all know that French Montana can't go hit for hit with um, 
Kendrick Lamar. We all know that Kendrick Lamar is the better rapper. We all know we all know that um French is more of a commercial rapper and they both have their different lanes. But I feel like French trying to say that Young Thug is gay for wearing a dress is dumb when you wanted him in your video and he brought views to your video wearing that dress. I do feel like French Montana believes that he is more relevant or of an asset to the hip-hop game than what he really is. I don't feel like French is really that guy. Um, I feel like most of his songs that we hear in the clubs and stuff is remixes. Nothing is really of his own. Nothing of his really stands other than um, the Unforgettable song and maybe like two others. But I don't feel like French is really a big, as big of an artist as he think he is. Um, if I'm going to give a W to anybody in this beef, I'm going to give the W to Young Thug for just, he clapped back, he had receipts, he was saying what he was saying, and I just feel like the whole thing is trivial, and the two just need to talk it out like grown men and get back on better pages. <sighs> Over that. So we're going to move on to our next beef, which is Kamaya versus Kaylani. If you guys don't know Kamaya, she's a rapper out of Compton, I mean out of the Bay Area. Um, she has a signature look of the braids with the big beads. And if you guys don't know Kalani, she's the R&B singer. She just released a project. I told you guys go check it out. Um, so this beef came out of nowhere because the two have been friends. Kalani was even dating YG, which is like Kamaya's brother, best friend. Um, they stopped talking because so people fans initially thought that they stopped talking because she broke up with YG, but they had stopped talking before that. A fan on Twitter exposed why the two broke up, even posting receipts saying a long um, script of why they broke up, and Kalani confirmed what the fan said. So, so what what basically happened is that the two was going to work on a joint project, right? Because Kamaya wanted to leave YG's label, and she was going to put this project out as her leaving YG's 400 label. Um, she wanted to do the joint project with Kalani because Kalani was the bigger artist and she knew that it would bring streams to the project. But basically, it all went south when Kamaya wanted Kalani to pay for most of the stuff, like pay for videos, pay for wardrobe. Um, and they couldn't agree on anything creatively, including the artwork of the cover. And Kamaya wanted a bigger budget. Like, she wanted more money. So Kalani seen that it wasn't working out and she decided to say, all right, we cool, let's stay cool. Let's just part ways and not do the business. And Kamaya just didn't like that. She called Kalani Hollywood. She said she was fake, stuff like that. Um, so then Kalani and Kamaya had this record called All Me and it was originally gave to um, Kalani. So Kalani then went to put out the record with her and Keisha Cole and she didn't have um, Kamaya on it. And this was before Kalani and Keisha Cole fell out. Because they're not even cool. Um, Because Kalani shot the video without Keisha. Um, So Kalani put out the video of All Me and the song of All Me without Kamaya's verse. And Kamaya Kamaya then left YG's label. And Kalani broke up with YG. So they both got rid of YG. And Kamaya then went in to put a green light out on Kamaya. I mean, Kamaya went out to put a green light on Kalani, allegedly. Um, a green light for you guys you guys who are not from the street is just basically like a hit. So basically the hit was just saying anybody 
who sees Kalani, murk her, shoo her, her family not good, her friends is not good, anybody associated with Kalani could get the smoke or a bullet. Um, then Kamaya alleges this all started because she felt like she was, um, she feels like she should have been on All Me and she alleges that Kalani called her black ghetto and she said that it was a colorism issue. So she was just basically saying like, oh, this girl is racist, like trying to say that Kalani was racist. I don't know who to believe in this story. There's a lot of he say, she say going on. But I do know that Kamaya was wrong for putting that hit out on um Kalani. And I do feel like I wish they could have worked it out because they did have a song together with a video and it was dope. Um, I'm going to give the W in this beef to Kalani because YG quickly replaced Kamaya with some new girl on a record label. And Kalani just released a project and it's doing well and she's still the bigger artist. So I'm going to give the W to Kalani on this one. And it just sucks that they couldn't get it together, couldn't get that good old female unity like Nicki and Doja and Beyonce and Meg. But that's a neither here or there. We're going to move on. Our next beef is an old beef that has been going on since the early 2000s. But it was reignited when a fan asked Kaya... Who would she do a versus battle with? If you guys don't know what the versus battles are, they are these new trends that has taken over social media where celebrities, rappers, singers go hit for hit, song for song to see who has the better catalog. So Kaya believes that she would dust Trina in a battle and she was just saying that she will outrap Trina. She's more talented than Trina. And only thing Trina has is remixes and that Trina can't rap and all of this. So this got back to Trina and she took it upon herself to go on Streets 99 Jams and her morning show, the Trick or Trina morning show, and say that Kaya is beneath her and that she is not on her level and that she is not going to address Kaya and that basically Kaya is a roach. She said that um, she is not going to address bums even though she did it for 30 minutes. She addressed this woman for a long time. 30 minutes and basically she told Kai the same thing she told Nick Natural is when I gave you the opportunity to hit that stage and hit that stage you still have hit that stage she basically told her you are beneath me you will always be beneath me she told her that Trick only vouched for one girl in Miami and that is me okay even though Kai got a song with Trick called Jump on the Dick but she said that Trick only vouched for one girl and that is the baddest chick in the game okay and this this beef goes back for years. They even put out diss records on each other, talked about each other's kids, each other's families. And I just feel like at this point, Trina was winning before because she was the more successful, more commercial pop. But I feel like Kaya is winning now because clearly you are bothered. Clearly you are mad. Clearly it's getting under your skin, Trina. So I'm going to say I'm going to give the W on this one to Miss Kaya Moda Mouth, okay? And we're going to move on. We're going to get into our next segment of the show, which is called You Won't Believe This, which is where we do rapid fire topics. And we talk about everything that's going on in hip hop, pop culture and social media. OK, first, I'm going to start off with rapper Smooth L was arrested for having a fully loaded gun while being stopped by the police. And I do like Smooth L. I feel like he's next and coming up and coming. 
I do feel like the cops shouldn't have searched him. But my thing is, you guys are giving the cops ammo to do such things. Why do you have a loaded gun in the car? You are giving them reasons to arrest you and ruin your record. You know New York rappers are always targeted by the cops. And I just feel like Smooth L needs to move smarter, not harder, and just think about the stuff that he's doing because he has a bright future ahead of him. He's clearly talented and clearly he's not going to be a one-trick pony and have one song. So he needs to get it together. Next up, we have Ari Lennox is tired of people judging her and wishes that she never went on IG Live. And I don't know. I may have, I may kind of agree. I see where she's coming from because she does get ridiculed for a lot of things she does. Even when she tried to put weave in her hair, you had Uncle Snoop talk about he wished girls would go natural, even though this girl is always natural. Um, I feel like what it is is people are gonna judge you either way or um either way whether you don't be out and put your personality out or whether you hide yourself in and i feel like she just it comes with the territory you a celebrity now you gotta deal with it just move on brush your shoulders off and go about your day so i just wish that ari lennox could get the confidence in her to just overlook these fans or the negative people trying to bash her next up we have london on the track is suing his baby mother for full custody of his daughter which i feel like is ridiculous if she is not a crackhead if she is not an unfit mother why are you suing it's just showing that he is being controlling again and he just needs to get it together i feel like he's just hurt because someone walker left him and i feel like he's just trying to take it out on any and every body next Alrighty, so next up we have Jennifer Williams, ex who stole her car, has now released text messages of her saying that, Ev- talking about Evelyn and all the and Shawnee, saying that she's threatening to release release Evelyn's daughter's nudes and talking about how Shawnee knew that Shaq was cheating on her and all this mess. Jennifer is now alleging that he's a con man, which he is allegedly, and is saying that he has um edited and released these receipts he's had produced these um text messages and that they are not real and i'm kind of gonna agree with jennifer jennifer saying he only did this because she went on a breakfast club i agree with jennifer because if this was real why not produce them when y'all first had the beef or when y'all first broke up why produce them now and i feel like it's such an easy target to say she's talking about evelyn she's talking about shawnee because you know these women are gonna go and attack her like they usually do and I just feel so bad for Jennifer, but I definitely feel like she's picking the wrong ones. Because why is this constantly happening to you? Why you? Why people want to stalk you? Why people want to steal from you? And why are you so gullible to leave a foreign car with somebody that you barely know? Like, I feel like um her ex-husband, Eric, needs to throw another drink in her face to wake her up. I feel like the first one put her to sleep, but she needs this one to wake her up. Um, we're gonna move on to our next topic, which is oh, I just want to talk about. So let's talk about former YouTube star and Queen Naja's ex husband, maybe ex husband, boyfriend, ex boyfriend for sure. Chris Sales, he was arrested again for God knows what, and Queen couldn't locate her son for hours. Um, he keeps making videos involving Queen Naja's name. And likeness, and he's he even is involved in Clarence NYC, who is Queen Naja's new boyfriend. He's starting to even kind of look like Queen Naja's new boyfriend. Like he's growing out the beard, he cut his um high top, and I just feel like 
We need to get this this young man some help. He needs to go sit in somebody's chair, talk about his issues. He needs to find himself. He needs to let go of Queen Naja because it's not happening anymore. Um, she's she's moved on. She's had a baby. She's with somebody else. I feel like this boy is really sick and he's really bugged out. And I feel like people need to stop giving him attention, stop giving him clicks and views because he's another one that thrives off of attention. And I feel like he's obsessed with her and it's it's getting to a point where it's dangerous and i definitely feel like she should petition to get full custody of their son that they have together but yeah we're gonna move on from that we're gonna go into gunner it's reported that rapper gunner gets a bulletproof cadillac and i'm here for it because a lot of these hip-hop artists are targets they're marks people want to kill them people want to rob them people just don't like them for no reason and I just want to say shout out to Gunner for being smart and thinking ahead. Uh, the next topic I want to bring up to you guys is it was exclusively broke by gossip in the city, I believe. French Montana was slapped with a sexual battery lawsuit, guys. We don't know all the details on this yet, but there is a lawsuit um, against French Montana for sexual battery, and it's just out there in them streets, okay? Next, next topic I want to talk about is Scott Disick. We don't usually talk about them here, but I like Scott. Scott Disick checks himself into a rehab. And I'm always here for self-love. I'm always here for therapy. I'm always here for rehab, anything that's going to get you better. And I do feel like he needs to go. So he's been attending virtual therapy, virtual rehab for his issues. And I just want to say everybody that's out there support Scott Disick on his journey because you know that Kardashian voodoo witch magic is real and anybody that mess with them goes down, okay? Any man that comes in their life, something bad happened to them. I'm just waiting for something to happen to Big Hip Corey. All right, so we're going to get into our next topic. Which is one of our big topics. We have three more left, guys. Just bear with me. We're going to get through it all. So our first topic is Little Boosie is back stirring up controversy and drama for when he made a comment about his young children saying he bought his kids iPhones 11s so that they could watch porn and go on Pornhub and not watch cartoons. He don't want his children to see two men kissing watching cartoons, so he buys them iPhone 11s to watch porn all day he says he went and paid a grown woman to give his 12 and 13 year old sons and nephew had oral sex which is oral sex and then he said he knew it was good because she gave me head first i just want to say to all the people out there that's saying oh these is boys it's not a big deal what if it wasn't boys what if it was young ladies what if the genders were reversed and it was um when he was giving his daughter to a grown man i feel like this is clearly sexual child molestation i feel like he's soliciting child molestation and i feel like kids cannot consent to this and i feel like you are making your child a sexual object and stuff like that like you are not letting your kid be a kid and i definitely feel like people who are saying yeah this is right they they should be doing this so they don't become gay Having sex with a woman doesn't make you gay or straight. Having sex early doesn't make you gay or straight. This behavior of just hating gay people or trying to bash gayness doesn't make you gay or straight. It will make you hide who
who you are, but it won't actually change who you are. I feel like um doing this at a young age could also backfire on you. And instead of trying to make your kids straight, it can make them gay. It can make them traumatized of women and not wanting to be around women. I feel like Boosie he's too bothered and too worried about um lgbt issues i feel like as a straight man why are you always bringing up homosexuality i feel like boosie needs to get some help and sit on the couch alongside with chris sales because something in his mind is just not working right that you would pay a grown woman to go and have sex with your young child with a 13 year old child um I definitely feel like he's thriving off for attention and it's not the good attention. And I feel like whoever is out there in Atlanta, Georgia needs to slap a um a case on him, take them kids away from him, and they iPhones away from them and get it together because Boosie is bugging. And it just shows how ignorant he is and how his mind is not fully developed into being a grown man. And I really do feel sorry for them children because if it was um a dad and he was doing this with his daughters everybody would be so upset and i just don't like the double standard and i feel like it's trash um and we're gonna move on from that i'm gonna move on to my next story which is tyler banks is receiving a lot of backlash from people on social media for some of the show some of the moments on the show america's next top model for being problematic and the judges for being mean-spirited some of the claims that they brought up was former winner danny was pressured to close her gap or be sent home she said that she um she had told tyra had talked to her about closing her gap she came back the next week without the gap closed and tyra made it a big deal sent her to the dentist and told um the dentist to cut her hair i mean to um close her gap and stuff like that um we also had people bringing up the fact that yaya acosta from season three was um being scolded for trying to be too african and prove her africanness and that she needs to tone the africanness down so she can appear to be classy and have a model look then there was an episode when a girl talked about how she just lost her friend and her friend just died and she was forced to pose in a grave the next week we also have um there was a challenge where the girls were forced to switch races and um they painted this white girl in blackface from head to toe from her scalp to her toes then not to mention the countless girls that went on that show that have was forced to get their hair cut for no absolute reason other than tyra wanted to cut their hair and break them down i definitely feel like that show was like um such a negative thing it was it was a great show back then Cause I used to watch it alongside with my mother as she used to braid my hair and I used to go to school. But I definitely feel like there's a lot of moments in the show that are problematic and definitely wouldn't be allowed on TV in today's climate. Um, I definitely feel like Tyra, Tyra and the judges did drag it a lot. Cause it was even like, sometimes they were bash girls for being too big, like Takara. It was just a lot of things that I didn't like watching it back. I can remember the Winnie Harlow moment when the guy called her a panda, his little panda. It was just so many problematic moments of the show. I definitely feel like the show was meant to break these girls down. It gave me real um Stockholm Syndrome vibes. Like, let me break you down so you can love me and love modeling. And to me... It was just a thing i used to watch it to like laugh at them like i would never want to do this like it was so much pressure to be so perfect and to fit a mold um 
Tyra did put out a statement in a tweet saying that she definitely watched back and look at these moments and it's a learning experience and she's so sorry for all the stuff that happened. She acknowledged it. She apologized and she wants to move on. And I don't know. I still love Tyra, but I do feel like a lot of these moments was cringy and horrible. All right, guys. So we're going to move on to my final topic of the day, which is basically a big one. So there's a young lady named Letitia Mercer. Letitia Mercer, who is a legend that she is the daughter of Jay-Z. So basically, the girl did a DNA ancestry test, and it shows that she has a familiar match with Jay-Z's mom, right? So she confronted her mom, and her mom told her, like, back in the day, she used to date Jay-Z. Her aunt also confirmed the story. They even have pictures. They know a lot of Jay-Z friends who are still his friends now to this day. So... She's not the first person claiming that Jay-Z is her, was Jay-Z fathered them outside of his like union with Beyonce. So it was this guy back in the day. He said that his mom dated Jay-Z. His mom told him Jay-Z was his dad. The guy does look a lot like Jay-Z as well as um, Letitia Mercer. She looks a lot like Jay-Z, like from the teeth to the face. The guy said that they went to trial. He was sent a cease and desist letter. He never got a DNA test or it was never public records of a DNA test, allegedly. So, basically, he never got his day in court. But this young lady aunt also told a story about how Jay-Z used to come over there. Because it's well known that Jay-Z was a drug trafficker. He was a drug dealer. And he would stop in Maryland. So, she said Jay-Z would come to her house in Maryland, stay in her small town. She said that she he was a skinny guy. He sold drugs. He used to fight. He didn't always win his fights. She said that over... She said that... um. He dated her sister who now has multiple sclerosis, but she's still a beautiful woman. I even see pictures. The mother is very beautiful. She said that um, they used to hold hands, walk down the street, even though Jay-Z was a rolling stone and he was having sex with a lot of women, that he really cared about Letitia's mom and that they would come, they would cuddle, he would walk down with her like that was his girl when he was in Maryland, like that was his chick. Um, She claims that Jay-Z only backed off because... After finding out about the daughter, another man that the mother was dating at the time stepped up to the plate. She says that she doesn't claim that Jay-Z is a bad person and she doesn't have negative feelings towards Jay-Z as well as Letitia. She just wants to know her dad. She doesn't want any money. She doesn't want to come up. She doesn't want any clout. Um, now, if you ask me, I do feel like that there are kids other than Blue Ivy and the rest of them. I do feel like Letitia is telling the truth. I, like, the DNA matched with his with his mother, with Jay-Z's mother. And I feel like if Jay-Z wants to prove us wrong, he should just go and take the DNA test. But I do feel like Letitia is his daughter. And if they do take the DNA test, I don't feel like Jay-Z will ever publicly claim her because she's not Beyonce's child. Um, I definitely feel like it's some stuff going on and I feel like back in the days Jay-Z was humping and thumping a lot of these girls and I do feel like Letitia is being honest I hope that somebody picks up this story even more because I heard about it from the Impressive Channel shout out to the Impressive Channel on YouTube I feel like I want to hear more about this story I want to hear more about this I hope Letitia keeps going forward I hope they get a DNA test I want to see Letitia meet Beyonce I want to see how Beyonce feels about this and Mm, all I can say is that real ass and keep that nigga home. Now you looking silly. That's worth silly comes. I just feel like I want to see how this plays out. 
Like, I want to know. Because you know the Carters keep their stuff on secret lock tight. So, I just want to hear about this and see a little more about this. And we're going to move on. We're going to give you some updates on this story and more stuff to come. And we have reached the end of my show, guys. You know, I do this weekly, my last two segments every week, which is the first one we're going to get into, which is Weirdo of the Week, guys. And this week, I'm going to give two people the awards, being that I didn't do my show in 18 days. First Weirdo of the Week is going to Chris Sales for being obsessed with um queen naja and for basically just getting arrested like and not letting her know where her child is that's some weirdo vibe energy and i'm also going to give the weirdo of the week award to mr boosie badass aka little boosie for publicly announcing that he solicited molestation amongst his children making his son give oral sex i mean receive oral sex from an older lady when they was only 12 13 that is weird and whoever's in Atlanta, Georgia y'all need to work up some papers call BCW, call ACS and take them kids away um yeah and that's it then next we have our MVP of the week which is the award we give to somebody for just doing great making history just being beyond everything and this week's MVP of the award is MVP of the week award is going to Megan the motherfucking stallion for manifesting her dreams and having a hit song with Beyonce for the Savage Remix. It is also going to Doja Cat and Nicki Minaj for making history. All four of these women for making history and for it being the first time that four black women are occupying the number one and number two spots on the Billboard 100 charts. I'm also going to... Yeah, I feel like that's everything. I also want to again shout out Nicki Minaj for being the first artist. In history to have a number one on each of the charts every chart that there is i want to give a shout out to beyonce for having a hit in five each five decades beyonce has had a hit okay and i want to shout out doja and nikki doja and megan Thee stallion for keep growing and putting out more music and just becoming greater at their craft and rising to be international pop stars Whew. okay and that is it for my show, guys. I gave you guys the rundown of everything. You guys can follow me on Instagram at underscore Rashamel. That is at underscore R-A-S-H-A-M-E-L. Guys, make sure you follow me on YouTube at ZTV. That is Z-E-T-V, guys. You're going to see my picture. Make sure you guys follow. Make sure you guys subscribe. Click the notification bell. Make sure you guys subscribe to my podcast wherever you listen to podcasts at because we are everywhere we are on apple music spotify google play everywhere okay soundcloud we are everywhere you just listen to my podcast follow me on instagram hit me up with any comments or complaints okay anything you want to talk about just hit me up in the comments if you guys want to if you guys are in the new york area and you are a rapper and you want to be featured on my podcast and do one of my artist spotlights make sure you hit me up dm me send me your music and i'm out of this bitch